What is the deal, everybody? You are now listening to a brand new episode of the best of the best, Maverick's Guide to Success. I am your host, Maverick Levy, and this is episode number 13. Now, you already know the deal by now. You need to follow the podcast pages on social media at TBOTBpod. You can also visit the website to interact with the podcast on another level. I know that I've said that quite a bit, but the website is TBOTBpod.com. And there, there's a guest tab on there where you can sort of see a little bit about or find a way to reach out and contact the guests that are on the show. Also, please make sure you're subscribed to the podcast because you'll get notified when a new episode drops. And just make sure to spread the word about the show because the more listeners we have, the more special guests we have, the show will grow with that. And I just want to remind everyone, as you know, that the discussions on this podcast are for informational purposes only. I cannot predict and do not guarantee that you will attain a particular result from the information provided. You should always seek professional assistance before making decisions in connection with the topics discussed. Now that we got all of that out of the way, let's get right into this interview. On today's episode, we have a true Detroit legend, a hustler, a motivator, a leader, and most of all, one of the best of the best rappers that Detroit has. His name is Payroll Giovanni. Payroll, what's going on, bro? Welcome to the podcast. What up, though? What up, though? It's good to have you on the show. Now, as you know, this podcast is about educating, informing, teaching life essential skills that are not really taught at any levels of education. So today we're going to bounce around to a few different topics. So stay with me. I want the listeners to stay with me as well, because usually it's kind of an order. I make the questions to flow, but here you might bring something up that's totally switched gears and that's okay. And we'll get to all the info. So, you know, let's get some background information about yourself for those. If you don't know payroll and you're from Detroit, shame on you. I'll say <laughs> it right now. But if you're not from Detroit, maybe I'll give you a little more leniency, but still maybe shame on you. But payroll, where did you grow up? Uh, the west side, west side of Detroit, Finkel Ave, Strathmore Block. Gotcha. And I know I told you before, you know, I've pretty much watched all of your other interviews. So if you are a fan of payroll and you're watching, like, how is this interview going to be different than others? Well, know that I've done my research and I'm going to ask questions that those other people didn't ask. Oh, shit. Uh, so how did you actually get into rapping it was really just a hobby at first you know what i'm saying something i always knew how to do my friends encouraged me to do and um we basically just put our first project out just on some playing around type shit we never thought that it would be what it what it became you know it was just like oh shit now we got to fill these shoes you yeah know you never saying? thought that you'd be sitting behind a, a different kind of microphone talking about how your rap career yeah, got to where you, you know, were now I, I had a feeling it was gonna do something but back then it was so far-fetched to become a rapper it's not like today you know it was very very rare to become a rapper out of a neighborhood like that's that was like almost the same as being a nba player you know, yeah. or a football player. No, exactly. So what what was the first song that you ever actually recorded where you were like behind a microphone, someone was recording, someone was mix and mastering the song? When What year was that? Oh, man, that probably was like um, really probably when I was in middle school. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Me, Chaz Bling, and HBK, we was all in a group. And we were just rapping after school, playing around. I think the song was called uh, 
I want to say them girls love that or or uh, ball, <laughs> baller status. It was one of them. I forgot, but we went. My mama took me to a studio in Ann Arbor. Asked me what no studios around here, nothing. She took us to a studio in Ann Arbor, and we did like three songs. And the dude that was uh, recording us, he wanted to sign us immediately. Wow, yeah. he saw the vision. Yeah. So I know that Bylug. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, yeah. So what is Bylug? Is it Bylug Entertainment? What is that, and what does that mean to you? And why do you rap it so hard? Well, Bylug is really. It's really just another name for Doughboy's Cash Out. Like, okay. it's the same thing, but Bala basically means boss your life up game. But the word Bala, it kind of became its own definition. Like, people upload them standing next to a Rolls Royce or something and be like, Bala. You know, just anything that's kind of lavish or, you know, just leveling up. You know, they, they say Bala. And uh, I just noticed that on social media and I just kind of ran with it. Gotcha. That's pretty dope. So you were really yeah. creating, you and the boys were creating a word that sort of caught on to the yeah. social culture of stepping your game up in life, becoming more successful, surrounding yourself with better people, with, you know, whether it's materialistic things, overall things that sort of wanted you to take your life to that whole different level. And that's right. what this podcast is about. That's why I wanted to ask you that question. Obviously, being a fan of yours, I know what that means. But for those that didn't, I wanted to touch on that. For sure. Appreciate so it. what was the first song that you heard that you loved you fell in love with music you knew every single word to that song whether it was a rap song whether it was not what do you remember what song that was man i've been loving rap music since i was born but um i say the first song that i just like fell in love with was probably like uh i ain't gonna say it was the first but one that just stick out to me is uh jay-z and uh jermaine dupree money ain't a thing it's like when i heard that song and the shit jay-z was saying i was like damn and I just learned it and was like, dude was my favorite rapper from that point on. Yeah, Jay-Z's the goat. I was actually, oh, yeah. when I was making the questions for our podcast, I, well, whoever the guest is, I always listen to music. I actually threw on 444, Jay-Z's album. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Jay-Z the goat, man. Yeah, 100%. So now we have your background info out of the way. So for those that didn't know you, now they know a little bit about you. And for those that did know you, maybe they learned something new. But this episode is going to be super cool because obviously you're a huge rapper, but your lyrics seem to be true who you are, which I think is a rarity in today's world. There's not a lot of rappers that are now blowing up that are really staying true to what they're preaching in their songs, what they're rapping about. And, you know, I know a lot of people have dreams of being in the music industry, whether it's a producer or rapper or something else. And like we talked about before, I had Roger Goodman on the show. I had Hellava on the show. My guys. Yep. And they definitely, they're, they're the guys for sure. They're the goats. They're they're in the same level you are. Oh, but yeah, yeah. They sort of gave that producer aspect to the music industry. And I want to get the other end of it, the artist aspect, you know, because people might have goals and inspirations and want to be a rapper and they don't really know what to look for or where to listen. So this is so hopefully something that's going to benefit them as well. And this is part of the shit that's not taught in school, right? Where if you do want to become an artist, school, in my opinion, is really focusing on the math, the science, yeah. all that history, all, yeah. all that kind of stuff. They're not focusing on the the artistic standpoint, opening your mind up, letting you be creative, which yeah. I really think is a negative thing. It's not really breeding no bosses. It's really breeding like workers. I, I think a better way to put it is it's breeding followers. It's not yeah. breeding leaders. Yeah, no, for sure. And leadership is something I always stress on the show because, like I said when I introduced you, you're a leader in the Detroit rap scene and the overall rap scene because you're seeing a lot of people, which we'll get to later, now follow that Detroit rap sound, which I think you have a lot to do with. Oh, appreciate it. Yes, sir. So 
let's get into this a little bit. If someone wants to get into the industry to become a rapper, what advice would you offer to them? I would say most definitely stay true to who you are. Like, don't just follow the waves that's going on because a lot of them, they come and go. You got to just be devoted. You got to work hard because nowadays, man, it's people working hella hard, putting they all into it they in the studio all day, every night. They shooting videos. They going broke on this, going broke on that. You got to just put in the work for it if this is really what you want to do, you know. But for, for sure, first thing, be true to who you is. 100%. But you brought up something that I was going to touch on later, but I'll bring it up now is hard work and determination. You stressed it a lot there, but why is hard work and dedication so important when you're trying to become something in the music industry? Uh, because you're not, for the most part, you're not going to see overnight success. Some do, you know what I'm saying? But for me, it was just, I had to just stay consistent. I had to stay dedicated and just keep working. And, you know, I, I still feel like I ain't hit the peak I want to hit. You know, it's still a current grind, you know, nonstop, constant. But, um... Yeah, you just got to work hard, like, and stay focused. It's all type of distractions. It's all type of shortcuts, but you can't, not, you can't cheat the grind. You yeah, can't do that. and I heard you touch on it in other interviews, and you actually touched on it in the beginning of this interview, which I didn't anticipate you to, but you sort of slipped into rapping. You never really thought that this was going to be your career. You never imagined the day where you would actually be receiving money from your rap career. Yeah, now, no. And now that you have, you have some experience, right? You you know, you made mistakes, you know what to do, you know not what to do. And you're, you were figuring this out on the fly. But what would you say is the single most important thing a person needs to understand about the process of becoming a rapper? The process of becoming a rapper. I guess a better way to phrase it would be, what do you wish you knew when you were trying to make yourself become a rapper? Oh, right. The business. The business. I didn't know nothing about the business. I had to learn as I, as I went along. Just, you know, financial literacy, you know, uh, taxes. Just really, yeah, the business side. I didn't know nothing about it, you know. I had to learn from bumping my head and, you know, get going in situations where I was like, okay, well, I'll never do that shit again. And. That's basically was it, you know? Yeah, and we'll get into the business a little later. I want to leave that for then because I think that is very important and holds a lot of weight, um, you know, whether you're becoming a rapper or whether you already are a rapper and you have an established following. So we'll save that for later, but thank you for that. And how important is it to be consistent with putting out music as an artist, right? You see a lot of times, whether it's independent media companies, you know, whether whoever it is, they're sometimes saying that if you're putting out too much music, it devalues the artist as a whole because there's so much out there, right? right. And when would you think too much is actually too much? I think it's like a fine line. You know, you can put out a little too much, but it's like nowadays, man, it's so it's moving so rapid. It's really no rules to it. Like, that's probably an old rule. Like, rappers used to drop once a year, mm -hmm. you know, and, and twice a year was, like, unheard of. Like, oh, he dropped two a year. Now you got rappers dropping every three months. I know. And, you know, you know, because even my fans, I drop something, they, they love it, and they ready for another one in about a month and a half. So, yeah, once they know all the words to yeah. every single song on the album, they, they're, they're ready, ready for, for something another. else. You know, they really ready for it. Come out 12 o'clock, they're ready for something else, Bob. One in the morning, <laughs> you know, like they didn't, they didn't listen to the whole album. Okay, what else you got for me? And there's so much music and material out there that 
you can mess around and get lost in the sauce if you you then disappeared for two years yeah no that's very true that's a good point you bring up but i also think that there is something to say where people i'm thinking i'm not, I'm not gonna i'm gonna refrain from naming names on this podcast i think there are people though that are releasing too much music and you see them a lot in the media and they're just trying to gain i guess what people would call clout they're right. trying to gain that clout well, yes that's a difference you got somebody yeah. that's just trying to just jump out there and just do cornball shit just to you know go viral and you know you kind of see through that yeah no 100 percent. if you if you just dropping good because my thing is the quality I, I i try not to just drop rapid music just to quality over going. quantity yeah i try to drop quality but if i got a bunch of quality shit i'm sitting on then you know we're gonna just line them up and drop them one by one 100 percent. that's the way you should do it so listen to that you have the best of the best telling you some advice about that so take that in if you want to be in the music industry but let's get into the actual recording process as an artist because i talked about the recording process like i said from a producer standpoint and now i want to talk about it from an artist standpoint right so you buy a beat from a producer or you know if you're on a budget you can make your own beat there's different ways to obtain it but however you do you have a beat right. and now you're writing lyrics, but I wanted to ask you, are you writing your lyrics before you get the beat or are you listening to the beat and then writing your lyrics or are you having a song in mind that you sort of know what the vibe, what the sound is going to be for that song and trying to find something that fits the lyrics? Are you doing all a combination kinda, of those? It's really all three, you know, like sometimes I have a song that will pop in my head and I write out the song or whatever and I'll be like, I need this type of beat for it. And and I already know the type of producer that's going to give me that. You know, I'd be like, well, hell of a kill this. You know, mm -hmm. and I hit up hell of a and explain it to him and he'll kill it. Or sometimes I just hear a beat and something come out of me. Like, oh, I got to talk about some, I got to tell a story on this. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But um, it depends, you it know? It just depends. Yeah, for the most part, though, I like to, to get a beat and vibe with it. And it kind of tell me what to say. Got it. Yeah, no. Yeah. If I if I was a rapper, which I'm not, and I'll never be a rapper, but if I was, I <laughs> you definitely never would... know, man. Yeah. You know, never say never. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if I was, then you know, maybe I think I would do the same thing where I'd listen to the beat and then I'd write based upon how I felt with that. Right. So I so I get that it's all perspectives, but I want to ask you what you think about ghostwriters because same thing in the media today. You see a lot of negative connotation in terms of people that are using ghostwriters or other people to write their lyrics. And I'm very indifferent about it as a fan, right? You know, right. I see both sides of it where, okay, they're not writing their own lyrics, but are those lyrics still true to them? sort right. of thing so i wanted to see your thoughts as an artist you know do you think people should be shamed for having a ghostwriter what's your outlook on that as, nah, a, as an artist i don't think you should be shamed for having a ghostwriter like it really depends on the artist you know if you like a lyrical you know uh i'm spitting my life type of dude mm -hmm. and they find out you got a ghostwriter it's kind of like oh my god what yeah. <laughs> you know, i'm let down you know but if you into making hits and getting the club rocking and all that you might need a ghostwriter or something to give you a catchy hook or a catchy line you know it'd be a lot of people in them studios like huddling up to make them hits for real i don't knock it i ain't never had no ghostwriter but it ain't nothing i knock you know, yeah, I no, it. thank you for that, because that's the perspective I sort of wanted to get, where you have someone here that's never used a ghostwriter, and then he's not knocking ghostwriters. So nah. if you need that, don't be afraid. I, I think a lot of people in today's world are sort of afraid, or they try to hide the fact that they do have a ghostwriter, nah, you know, if they're man. blowing up. 
And listen, Payroll's saying, don't be nervous, don't be scared, and don't let anyone talk shit if yeah, you are right. using... Yeah, I'll be a ghostwriter. Come holler at me, man. Shit, <laughs> I'll write some shit. Payroll's going to start writing the... If we do do scripts, he's going to start writing the scripts for the best of the best yeah, out here. you know. But so let's get back on track. So you have the beat, you have the lyrics, and you record it. How long is it typically taking you... Payroll Giovanni to, you know, finish a track from start to finish. How long is it taking you to finish a song in the booth? A little under an hour. A little wow. under an hour. Because That's I, quick. I'm, I usually know it by the time I'm recording it. Mm-hmm. And um, I just run through it. Like, everybody I work with be like, oh, man, you work fast. You work real fast. And, um, yeah, about an hour. You know, a little That's less quick. than an hour. Sometimes 30 minutes, you know. Wow. Because yeah, I'll be rehearsing it in my head over and over and over again. And by the time I get to the studio, I'm... I'll just say it. Yeah, you already manifested yeah. it, so you're ready to roll. Yeah. That makes sense for sure. That's that's very quick. If you're not in the music industry at all, I've been in sessions at Royal House where the artist has taken a very long time. Oh yeah, every every session I'm in with a <laughs> really with, with other artists is it, a long process. Yeah, so that's that's amazing. That's tremendous. But I, me and Peasy album, like we did that one all like off the brain, like got in there, hell of a play to beat. And we was like vibing with it. And then we wrote the verse. Okay. So that one kind of took longer. You know, I'm used to just vibing with the beat before I get to the studio and then laying it. Okay. I see. So it just depends, really. Yeah, it depends. Yeah. Got it. But so now everything's all recorded. The audience and the listeners should know about mix and mastering because I've touched on that in other episodes. So that mix and mastering has to get done in before you put the song yes. out. So now you have the song all ready to be dropped on whatever platform or all platforms you're going to be. And I want to touch on this because I truly think that you are one of the best of the best and one of the kings of marketing when you're dropping music. 100%. (laughs) And I'm not just saying that. I truly think that. So, But how important is the marketing for an an artist that is looking to drop, you know, whether it's a single, whether it's an album? What would you tell them that how important is that sort of process where they are, you know, having to market it in the right way? Marketing is very, very, very important. You know, that's your bread and butter. Like once you drop it, you want them to know that it's out there and you want to catch people's attention, but in a right way. So it, it really all depends on the artists and what they got going on. Because you can you can get led all type of different directions with marketing. Like, oh, you need to do this and do that. But it might not make sense for the artists. You know, it's where your fans is not even going to see that. So it, it all depends on the artist. Gotcha. And and with that being said, what would you tell an artist in terms of, you know, how to market their album or their track, how to get as much exposure to them? What advice would you offer to them about trying to actually get that exposure? I would say pay attention to their fan base, you know, pay attention to their fan base and uh, just see what get them going, you know, like see what get them going, see what what brings more people to your page, what brings people to your, your music and just do more of that and do it on a try to make it bigger. You know, that's, yeah. that's basically what marketing is. Like, if I'm an artist that talks money and jewelry and uh, I'm about to drop an album, I might drop a watch and a chain and, and got my jeweler upload. Yeah. And I do a video picking up the watch and chain and then I drop the album at 12 o'clock and people going crazy. You know, like, it's be as simple as that. Makes sense. So it's ma- all marketing. So look to see what's going to match with the tone of your album and also look to see what your audience is looking yeah, for is what he's saying. You'll see what excites your, your audience. 100%. You know? And I think even now with social media, it's very easy to see what you're getting more interaction yeah, with, what you you're not getting. you get more likes and, you know, the, the post you post where you, what you talk 
talking about that get more interactions you know you got to really capitalize off that speaking of that i've still been waiting for you to drop the pick with the caption of uh you know oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna not say i'm gonna <laughs> save it i've been waiting for that I, mean, I gotta I got give me a real real mobbish picture <laughs> you know <laughs> for something like that yeah so now okay let's transition a little bit and talk about artists being signed to labels now are you technically an independent artist yes so yes. gotcha so can you break down what being an independent artist actually means for those that may not understand it uh, basically, I make my own moves. I, I do it when I want to. I got creative control over my music. Um, I see all my money. I touch all my money. Basically, I just do what I want to. You know, I could. You don't have to listen to anyone. Nah, you're nah. your own boss. You know, you know, when you sign to a label, they like, you know, we're gonna drop this album with this record being the single. We're gonna ride this out for two years, and then we're gonna drop another one. And you might not want to do that. Yeah. You know? And w when we were at dinner a few weeks ago, you and I were sort of talking about why an artist is, you know, maybe straying away from looking into signing with a label, and why that's it's a weird thing that's going on in the music industry, yeah. as you would say. And why do you think that's happening? Why do you think so many artists are trying to be more independent? I think now because you got you see other artists is doing good, real good independent. It's like now really social media is every artist platform to his fans. Yeah. If an artist got I don't know two hundred thousand followers or some crazy shit, and he, he just uploading his music to stream, he and his fans right there. Like he don't really don't need a label, you know. Like he could just market from his site and I mean from his uh page and put his music on the streaming site, get his money. It's going to keep growing, you know, over time. And uh, that's when the label's going to look for you. Yeah, And exactly. try, to, try to get a piece of what you done built. No, exactly. I think you're absolutely accurate on that. And I think, you know, just from a fan perspective, it's hurtful to see when you do have artists that are signed to labels and they're not able to release music, yeah. whether that's a personal decision or whether that's a decision that someone else is making because they're being controlled by a label. It sucks to see that because yeah. if you have an artist that has unreal music and you miss them dropping new music, yeah. then you're going to be like, what the hell? Why aren't they able to drop and you're like it's because of this it's because of that label and that sucks because you're as a fan again i'm talking all from a fan perspective you're seeing them be like controlled in a way like i talked about but you're also seeing it where you want them to be more independent and i think right. that's why you see a lot more i think russ is one of the ones that's always active on social media about like look this is why i'm independent i think i saw academics post that he's making like 100k a week mm -hmm. something crazy just off being independent so they're making more money they have more freedom and they're overall you know in control of themselves which i think i honestly would say helps their creativity because right. they're not geared to sort of uh, do or sound a certain way that they're maybe pushed to sound. They can sound however they want. And speaking of sound, I want to talk about the Detroit sound. I think it's something that's sort of blowing up. And like I said before, I think it's something that you really started. Oh, is, that, is that Detroit sound? I, I really do. I, I ain't going to take the credit for that. You I, know? Mean, I mean, to, to a certain extent, right? I remember being, actually, I remember being, and I don't think we ever talked about this I was in maybe middle school. Oh, you guys feel old. Man. Yeah, maybe in middle school. And one of my closest friends, I'll give him a shout out. His name's, his name's Gabe Levine. He really like would all, he would be the one that would be like, you always have that one friend that's like showing you new music. Yeah. He was that friend for me. And he like put me on the Doughboys Cash Out. And we were actually at a restaurant. I'll never forget on Orchard Lake. 
it was like a Mexican restaurant on Orchard Lake across from the middle school, like right next to, behind Outback Steakhouse. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and and was you were Yeah, something, something like that. that. Yeah, yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. And you were there. Like I think you had a vet at the time. You were yeah, there, and, and I used to live over there around that time. Yeah, you know? and, and you were there, and like I remember, I was there with my boys eating dinner, and then you and your crew walked in, and I was like, "Oh shit, that's payroll," and that's like Doughboys cash out, and we were all like shocked, right? We were in like middle school, so it was like crazy. But that Detroit rap sound is it's obviously I'm in Detroit. I grew up in Detroit, and that's what I know of, and that's what I love the most. But do you see a trend that? I see, and I'm asking you if you see, I think a lot of people are starting to sound more like Detroit rap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, I hear, you know, like, mainstream artists rapping off beats that sound like Detroit beats, you know? Beats that sound like hell of a, you know, just uh, just that raw, gritty Detroit sound. You hear that a whole lot now. Yeah. But it's a part of, it's. I don't, I don't look at it like biting, you know what I'm saying? I just look at it like, this is our time, you know what I'm saying? This is Detroit's time, like... You know, when Atlanta took over, you had people rapping off Atlanta beats. New York took over. You had people rapping off New York beats. So I just like, this is just setting us up for a good future. Absolutely. It, it really is because I think, no, I, I never wanted to put it in a way where I think like people are like biting off Detroit. That was never yeah. my intention was saying that. It was more so saying that Detroit's really coming into light now. But I think yeah. it has to do with, I mean, you've been grinding in this for years. T Grizzly, 42 Doug. You know, obviously there's way more, but those two aren't, I, I would say, you know, there's Big Sean, but he's got his own unique sound. It's, there's some Detroit in it. There's some right. not. But, you know, everything is a little bit different. But I think that Detroit rap, it's cool to see from the reason I want to bring this all back together is sitting at whatever the restaurant was on Orchard Lake thinking about like that's like a Detroit rapper and now seeing all these other artists gearing towards and heading in the direction of sounding like Detroit rap. It's very cool to see as I've grown up. So, you know, salute to you and shout out to you and every other Detroit rapper that sort of helped Appreciate put it. Detroit on the map because it's much deserved. And oh, yeah. Been a long time coming. Long yeah. Time. And I love music. So it's like I said, again, it's very cool to see. I actually pretty much watched every interview you had. And in one of the comments on YouTube, someone said, payroll is the Jay-Z of Detroit. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that, but I mean, look how much people look up to you, right? It's got to be inspiring and it's got to make you want more and hustle more. And that also shows that you're a leader, which I also touch on. So, you know, what do you have to say to the person that said, payroll, you're the Jay-Z of Detroit? I mean, that's a compliment. You know, Jay-Z, one of my favorite rappers. You know, I love what he's doing, love what he became. But, um, yeah, man, that's, that's some big shoes to fill. But, hey, that's, that's, a, that's a big uh, big bar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got I to step up to the plate. Yeah, no, 100%. And you will. Now, talking about that and everything pretty much that we've been speaking about, on the song Too Quick with PZ and T Grizzly, you, in yeah. the, the first line of your verse, you say, and I'm reading it quote for quote here. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't quick to do nothing. I gotta think strategic. Gotta move with my stomach. Is that true? Is that how you live? Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. I try not to just jump into stuff or rush into stuff off impulse. I try to like think, you know, before I make a move, like a real move. You know, I, I try to think about it, weigh the pros and cons. Yeah, and I wanted to bring that up because that's so important to do. On the show, I talk a lot about due diligence. I make sure that whether people are hiring an accountant, they're hiring a lawyer, they're looking for someone to help them out in life. You want to make sure you're doing your due diligence on that person. Right. And I think that line has 
goes hand in hand with doing your due diligence because if you're just quick to jump into something, quick to hire the person that first came up on the Google ad, are you really thinking about what you're doing? What is your gut telling you, right? Right. And that's very important that you talk about that. So I, it was obviously an ironic, you know, and sort of juxtapositioned line on the song because you're saying that the song is too quick and you're saying I'm never going to do anything yeah. too quick. <laughs> when they sent me the song and I'm sitting there listening to the beat and the song and I'm like, I'm like, damn, I really ain't quick to do shit for real. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I, I just started with that and then I went to the things like I am quick to do. Like, yeah. you know, quick to ice a watch out or whatever I said. Like just, but as far as real you yeah. know, real life changing moves. I gotta think that out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I and and just... everyone should think that out, right? For sure. I mean, they it's your life. Just... Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't make no no permanent decision off impulse and, and then the next day you like, Why did I do that shit? Yeah, no, hundred percent. Now I wanna bring up sort of transitioning again here, the topic that you touched on earlier, which was, you know, being financially literate in terms of making money when you're an artist. So when you first started making money off music, did you understand anything about credit, taxes, a mortgage, anything in the financial world? Or were you learning these things on the fly, on the go, as you were getting this money coming in? Getting into it? No, I didn't know. Like, I was I was learning. I always knew it was something that I got to learn and master one day. But I would just learn a little bit here and there, you know, ask people that was, you know, that was already established in the game and see how it went. And that kind of just sum it up for you. And still, you still don't know what the hell they talking about. Yeah. yeah. You do. And that's why you want to have a professional. And that's why I have this podcast is so people can learn these things, right? Because right. they are important. And I want them to, if they are a rapper or they are a producer and they're just starting off, I want them to be able to go and listen to all the previous episodes to say, hey, this is what I need to know about taxes. This is what I need to know about mortgages. So that when they go to do that, they're not as like, I still don't know what you're talking about, right? They at right. least have that that foundational knowledge that they can build upon to actually understand the complexity or the ins and outs of whatever that topic might be. But if you were an artist or you were, let's put it this way. If you were talking to an artist that was just starting off, would you say like, make sure you have a good accountant, make sure you have a good attorney. Would you tell them those things so they would know? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's most important. Gotta have you accountant, gotta have you lawyers. Um, you gotta have security, Good managers, good people around you, good staff, all of that. That's very, very important yeah, if you no. plan on, you know, leveling up in the music game. Absolutely. And I can't sort of touch on the attorney part or the manager part, but if you had to send somewhere, someone somewhere that you know they had a good accounting staff, where would you send them? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Levin Associates? This, this, this nice place called Levin Associates. <laughs> yeah. There we go. There I got to add that ding in there for me, Miles. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, for sure. But again, obviously, I'm just sort of joking around there when I wanted you to sort of give it that endorsement. But oh, I'm yeah, also being, know that. <laughs> I'm also being a little serious in terms of you want to make sure you have people that you trust in these things. So right. if you are an artist and you hear someone like payroll telling you that, hey, I didn't really understand and I didn't really know that I needed to understand these things. But now that you have someone that's been in the industry, they have the experience, they have the longevity, the credibility, they are one of the best of the best, and they're telling you, go out and learn these things, you should probably do that. 
yeah. to better off yourself, to be you know in a better financial situation so you can spend more on a video. You can spend more on a new chain if it's going to help your advertising. Yeah. And make sure that you have the right team in place so that you're utilizing all the benefits that having the right team in place can bring to you because you might have an account that's not familiar with the entertainment industry. Yeah. You might have a lawyer that's not familiar with the entertainment industry. And they don't know how to maximize your benefits or that attorney may not know you know, a clause in an, uh, an agreement, if you're doing a one album deal with a label, they might not know any of those things. So just right. make sure that you have the right team in place. And with that being said, money coming in and you're an independent artist, something I've never understood. So I'm going to be learning that with this as well. Are artists making money off of the actual streams or is it album sales? Is it both? Because a lot of the days, right, people aren't really buying physical copies of albums unless they're going to iTunes and they're actually buying that. But is the money actually coming from streams or how does that work in today's world? Yeah, you get paid off streams. Okay. You, know, you get paid off YouTube being monetized. Um think tiktok another bag you know uh are you on tiktok i ain't got into that yet but i just watched the interviewer dude was talking about like tiktok was like one of the highest yeah paying things like i never knew that i'll tell you i tried to make a tiktok i'm still in the process maybe i'll have to have my uh video guy help me out with a tiktok (laughs) but i tried for two hours like two weekends ago to make a tiktok and I felt so goddamn old yeah, because I couldn't yeah. figure out so how to do it. how I feel. Yeah. Like, my son, he got to put me hip to it. You I, know, I, I looked at it like some real little kid shit, but I didn't know it was, you know, paying out money like that. No, yeah, no, for sure. And not even that. I think Sada Baby had like a huge song yeah. on TikTok and it blew him up in the charts. Yeah, that's it, really the game. You know, you get some, a song on TikTok and it go viral with a dance. It's over. Yeah. It's a hit. No, absolutely. Immediately. Absolutely. So... Now, transitioning sort of money-making streams, I want to talk about merch because I know you've been absolutely crushing the merch game recently. Oh, trying, man. Yeah, yeah. The merch is fire. You got jumpsuits, sweatshirts, sweatpants. You got it all. And people are repping that. How did you end up deciding that, hey, I'm going to make merch? Or has this been something you've been doing for quite a long time? It's something people have always told me to do. Like, man, you need to get into the merch. When are you going to do some merch? And I used to be... Like, man, I ain't got time for that shit. Like, I ain't got time to be running no damn clothing line. But um, I forgot what came. Somebody said it to me. Somebody seen me somewhere like, man, why you ain't got no no merch, man? You know everybody about your shit, man. And it was like a dude on the elevator. And I was like, man, you know what? I'm about to try it, man. Got with my guy that, that he uh he do a lot of his own clothing line. And um, we just put it together. And he sent me, like, some pictures of some mock-ups. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I need that. Yeah, and it just started from there. Now, with that being said, you're selling a ton of merch, I know. And how good, or I guess, what is your favorite part about seeing people wanting to support you by copying your merch? Is it just knowing that you have these true supporters? Because not only are these people streaming your songs, but they're actually wanting to put your basically whole brand on themselves so people know that they rep you. How does that make you feel? Oh, man, it's a blessing. You know, it's a blessing, like, for people just from all over the world buying the merch and I'll be seeing the, the cities and states and people out the country buying it and you know they leave these good messages and you know they call customer service and you know like they just got the utmost respect and you know and, and just speak highly of it and you know it, it's a real humbling experience you know it's like yeah. a whole new way for me to touch my fans that I never even looked at it like 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I sort of get what you're saying where you see where these people are coming yeah, from. Yeah, you know, I'm seeing places like, damn, I didn't know they was listening to me over there. Like, shit is crazy. Yeah, I've had, you know, just some guests of the podcast reach out through the Instagram account that we have for the podcast. And I'll be like, hey, love the podcast, you know, keep it up. And those messages, they really are, you know, whether a person took five seconds out of their day or five minutes out of their day, it goes a long way from oh, yeah. no, a creative I, content. You, you, like you, people don't know how much that keeps the person going, 100%. you know, just, just to see somebody out and, Hey man, I love what you're doing, man. Like, you know, I appreciate your music or I appreciate your podcast that you might be sitting there ready to get this shit up. Yeah. <laughs> and this person come and put a battery in your back. You know? 100%. So you be needing to hear that for yeah, sure. Yeah, And if you, you know, reach out, so reach out to payroll and be like, hey, if you vibe with them, be like, hey, DM yeah. them on Instagram. Leave a comment. Do you, do you ever read your comments on YouTube? Uh, not really. YouTube, you know, some some crazy. Yeah, no, shit, there's so. some crazy shit on there. But I'm telling yeah. you, on some of your uh, read them on some of your interviews because that's what I was doing to see if people had any more questions they wanted to ask you. Right. A lot of them, bro. I'm telling you, people vibe with you. They love you. They rock with you, man, and they appreciate it, the music. A lot of them are be like. Well, a few of them, I saw like three or four of them would be like, I was in middle school, I had nothing. And now listening to payroll, he made me motivated. And now, you know, I have money in the bank and I have a house and all that stuff. So yeah, you really touch people. I, I hear that a lot. You know, people come to, oh, you changed my life, man. I made my first 10,000. I made my first 20,000 off you, man. And, you know, it just be like, wow, you know, because for me, I just been being myself this whole time, you know, like I just been. I still view myself as like the little kid off Finkel. You know, <laughs> so it's it's humbling for me. Yeah, sure. but uh, people appreciate you. And I, as a fan of you myself, you know, the first day when, you know, I met you and I was like, holy shit, I'm kind of with payroll. I never really have too many like, you know, moments where I'm like that. But I was like, damn, this is dope because I literally have vibed with your music since, like I said, early days, middle school, sixth, seventh grade when I would turn it on. And, you know, my dad. So when he listens to this, he'll be like, what the <laughs> hell are you listening to? You know, he's like that old man. I'm like, this is, you know, this is Detroit rap. He's like, turn on disco music. I'm like, <laughs> I'm he like, look like a disco dude, too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. He thinks he's uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank on who he thinks he is, but uh saturday night fever something like that i think yeah, it's saturday yeah. night fever he thinks he's that guy in there okay, i'm like oh that. god he's got those <laughs> embarrassing dad moments but talking about like your career and you've said you made mistakes and you sort of overcame them a question i always like to ask guests that come on the show is what is a mistake that you've made and how did you get past that mistake to become a better person, whether it was in business, whether it was in your rap career, whether it was as a father, you know, as a friend, what was the mistake that you would share with everyone to show that it's completely okay, human and normal to make mistakes and that you can absolutely get past it. And I always urge people that you should make a mistake, not on purpose, obviously, but you know, indirectly because those mistakes are what build your character or what build oh, yeah. your responsibility. What sure. you have a story that you could share? Oh, I made a lot of mistakes in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, music wise, I would just say like just not being on top of my business. Like when the whole Doughboy's cash out thing was just popping off. Like we left a lot of money on the table, you know, because we was like so naive. Like man, we ain't no rappers. We ain't doing this rap shit, you know. Like we, we kind it was kind of not cool to chase rap money if it makes sense yeah you know like because before us it was the street lords mm -hmm. and they whole thing is we got more money than all these rappers so 
You know, we ain't about to be chasing this shit. This shit a hobby. So that's kind of was our mentality. Uh, but, uh, man, we left so much money on the table, you know. So I wish, like, we would have, you know, we would have capitalized off of that. A lot of people did capitalize off of it that weren't even in our crew. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People that was just on the side. Yeah. You know. But, no, uh, absolutely. But now you see that if an opportunity presents itself again, you're not going to leave oh, that on no. the table. Oh, You'll no, recognize not that. Not at all. And as a friend... Probably the only mistake I didn't made as as a friend to people is uh probably just like being too much of a of a shoulder to lean on, and it kind of handicapped people. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of handicaps people where now they dependent on, on you. you know, like like oh you know, I just get it from him. I just I just call him, and he's like you you like no, nah, I'm trying to show you. How to do you it know, yourself. How to do this and how to do that. And you know that this is out here to get. And, you know, I'm trying to show you that. But it turns into, you know, they handicap without you. They don't yeah. even know how to get it without you. But, hey, you're a good friend and you're you're trying to make people a better person. So that's yeah. kudos yeah. to you it's, it's for on that the, one. On the, on the friend, you know what I'm saying? Because I do got friends that take game and run with it and, yeah. and master it. 100%. Now, we're getting down to the end of the interview here. I just have a few more questions for you. And one I want to talk about is as a Detroit rap legend, you know, a hip hop legend, person that pretty much wherever you go in Detroit, if you say Payroll Giovanni, you know, even outside of Detroit, people are going to know who you are. And when you heard T Grizzly, someone that also blew up in the music industry, say, I, I looked up to Payroll growing up. Was that a cool line for you to actually hear the way you influence people? <laughs> yeah, man. That was that was a dope dope line, you know. what I'm saying dope song, you know. Yeah. Like T Grizzly, my guy. Like he always, she be telling me stories about about me. I don't even remember, you know. <laughs> like I mean, I remember it, but you know, I'm yeah. like, damn, I didn't know you was. You, you didn't was know it's so impactful. To yeah, that I person. didn't know that that was impactful. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because like I said, I'm. To me, I'm still a little kid off Finkel. You yeah, know? and I think I know the answer to this next question. But if you could make a track with anyone and you can have any feature on it, who would you do? Oh, you know, Jay Z. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Jay Z for that's sure. That's what I thought. Now, are you doing features? Like, if a listener hears this and they say, "Hey, how can I get payroll on a song?" Is there a way to contact you? Are you doing features? Yeah, yeah. Um, you can reach out to my manager Chaz Bling on uh, Instagram. Uh, he got the flyers on there. You know, the um, okay. I got my booking email and my bio on Instagram. All right, cool. What is your Instagram? You can shout that out so people can uh, follow payroll you. Payroll underscore Giovanni. All right. And I'm not on Facebook. It's fake. It's Please don't talk to nobody on Facebook saying they be. <laughs> you have some imposters on Facebook? Oh, man. I think the main dude, I think he done now with it, but he was causing hell for me <laughs> a couple years back. Like, oh, this God. dude was living a whole whole crazy life acting like me. <laughs> Had people approaching me, like females yeah. approaching me, like, oh, you're, I'm the one who sent you the pictures. And oh, producers God. like, man, I'll send you that money. I ain't never get the verse. <laughs> You oh know, so God. I used to always stress I'm not on Facebook, please. Oh, that's horrible. That's yeah. horrible when you have that. But hey, Terrible. it's kind of the best way a person can sort of show, uh, I guess, that they that how big you are is by their impersonating you and trying to be you. Not It's not a good thing, but it yeah. shows how big you are <laughs> on the other side of that. But yeah. payroll, this has been a great interview. The last question I always ask every single one of my guests on the show, because as you know what the show is all about, it's about teaching shit that's not taught in school, is what do you wish that you knew in your early 20s? About taxes. 
<laughs> Honestly, about taxes and uh, listen to that, man. Yeah, taxes and I wish I was reading more books. You know, like like the How to Grow Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, them type of books. Yeah, you know, those yeah. are great books. Oh yeah, yeah, those oh, are definitely. great books. Have you ever read? Um, the secret no i heard about it though. you gotta read that one that's a good one too i just started reading within like the last year and a half i was like you ahead of the game though. yeah, yeah you got trying ahead of the game i'm trying but listen to that taxes and reading that's a new one yeah man. that's a new one that's for gonna sure. change your life you yeah. know like that but that's you ain't thinking about that at the 20 something yeah. you know average 20 year old you ain't thinking about that absolutely absolutely well payroll Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's truly been an honor to have you on the show because I'll say it for, I think, like the third or fourth time. I listened to you growing up and now I'm getting an interview. So it's actually a pretty Appreciate cool experience that, for me. I'm sort of fanboying a little bit, which I never do. But, <laughs> you know, I've been in the studio with Raj and there's been people there and I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? You know, but now that I'm getting an interview myself, it's a cool experience. So thank you for coming on. You Appreciate truly that, are man. one of the Anytime. best of the best. For sure. Appreciate it. Thank you. Keep up the hustle and keep up the motivation for other people oh yeah appreciate that well there you have it everyone one of the best of the best that detroit has ever had a person that people within the industry look up to not just in michigan but all over he created a sound that's now going worldwide he's got fans all over the world and the reason for that is is he's a leader he did his own thing he was true to himself and that is one more reason that you want to be a leader because you see all these people I bring on, they're all leaders in whatever they do. So make sure that you're following in their footsteps to be the best version of yourself that you can be, like I said last time, while helping other people because it's so important to help other people while you're helping yourself because number one, it makes you feel good, but you're also making the world a better place. Thank you for listening to another episode of the best of the best, Maverick's Guide to Success. I hope everyone has a great weekend and never forget that as a listener to this show, I'm holding you to a higher standard, a standard of always wanting to be the best of the best. That's it for today, everyone. Talk to you all next week. Mm -hmm.